You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at The Preppy Podcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson on Instagram. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. I am so excited, and I think you guys will be too. If you love color and fun prints, then you have to continue listening to today's episode with James of Carvello Couture. I actually met him at Atlanta Market uh, when I was there in January, and I walked past his booth and immediately stopped and was drawn to it because it was so colorful and had such fun, happy prints. Um, It's the epitome of preppy. So this episode's really fun because we talk about his previous career um, in fashion and how he got into the industry in general and sort of what he hopes to achieve with his brand today. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys that I love when you give social media shout outs for the Preppy Podcast. I love to see who's listening and what episodes you're loving. And of course, that's a great way to support the podcast. So I would totally appreciate if you're feeling inclined to give a little social media shout out, screenshot what you're listening to and share on stories and tag me and I'll be sure uh, to share that as well. But let's get into this week's episode. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? I'm James Carvalho. I'm uh, Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, I own Carvalho Couture. It's a uh, bright, preppy line of apparel for women and children. Um, My husband and I have three children, uh, a 26-year-old son um, from his previous marriage, and together we have twin seven-year-old daughters. Uh, oh, and I must mention, we now have a daughter. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> You're busy. Yes, yes. Um, well, and it, it's so fun to have you on the podcast today. We met actually um, at America's Mart for everyone listening uh, back in January, and I just was immediately drawn to your colorful booth um, and your fun print. So I'm excited to to dive in and kind of learn more about you and your brand. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was the launch for the company actually in January. So, uh, I, yeah, I was a bit nervous and uh, had a had an amazing market. So we're we're, we're excited. <clears throat> That's wonderful. Yeah. So let's start back from the beginning, though. Like, tell me about James as a kid. Were you always artistic and creative and into design, or what? What were you like, and where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up in North Carolina, but I, I was a kid who was, I was definitely into style. Imagine that 80s kid with a pop-up polo collar. Um, you know, today we refer to that as being extra. Uh, you know, I was obsessed with, uh, I was also obsessed with interior design. You know, I'd many times surprise my mother by flipping the layout of the furniture. Uh, you know, it was never ending. So I, I guess it sort of started with me early on. 
Yeah, I love that. I find that about a lot of people that I interview is that looking back, you know, there were those little creative elements, whether it was redesigning your room or, you know, creating clothes for dolls or um, having a lemonade stand. I feel like there's those little elements when we look back as kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, I think one of the early. So, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so then when it came time for school, like where and what did you decide to study if you went to college? So, you know, for me, uh, this is it was a little different situation. I found myself uh, in a bit of a tragic situation at the age of 18. Uh, shortly after high school, uh, my single mother of three passed away. Uh, you know, I was a bit lost at the time. And uh, I actually found my way into Bible college. Um, midway through, I decided, you know what, this just isn't for me. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I went back to North Carolina, um, sort of, uh, you know, rural North Carolina. And, you know, there where I grew up, uh, you really had two options. Uh, you either worked in the textile mills or the furniture factories. So um, I uh, took a marketing job, uh, a marketing assistant job in a very small textile company. Um, it was a cut and sew operation that sold shower curtains and laundry bags. And uh, it was a small company. It was so small that, you know, I'd be on the phone with a buyer from, you know, Restoration Hardware or Crate and Barrel one day and a factory mill from South Carolina the next. Um, it was an all hands on deck operation. Uh, that allowed me to experience sort of all facets of the industry from manufacturing to sales. Um, one of my uh, first major assignments in that company was to build a booth for their uh, New York home textile show. And, um, you know, I was shocked, actually, you know, little did I know that that little booth uh, would be recognized market wide. And it led to discussions of acquisition from multiple companies. And in 2000, an acquisition happened, and I was fortunate enough to be a part of the acquisition and relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, from there, I worked for a national brand called Evercare. And within two years, I, you know, I became the top producing salesman of the company. Um, you know, but the problem with the success, you know, it came with the price of being sort of in a toxic corporate environment. Um, mm. But because of the contacts I made along the way, um, I was approached by a foreign factory owner who convinced me uh, to jump ship. And yeah. he and, uh, financed the, the entire venture. And I found myself in India, in Delhi, uh, wow. <laughs> developing product for some of the nation's largest retailers. And oh my gosh. it was a mass driven business. Uh, and I did that for years. And, uh, and then I also on the side, uh, you know, launched a, a boutique brand with a, a friend. Hmm. 
So tell me a little bit more about that boutique brand then that you launched with a friend because I know um, you kind of mentioned that to me even at market. So I'd love to hear about, you know, doing something on your own um, and sort of that process and then why you decide to move on from it. Yeah. uh, You know, in 2002, a friend and I launched uh, this little boutique brand of consumer goods and uh, I, I named the brand Buckhead Daddies. And you know, that's a phrase that, you know, I certainly didn't coin that phrase, but it you know, had been around forever, but no one had ever trademarked it. And uh, you know, the term refers to the socialites of Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, the intention was uh, to market those socialites. And we did so well. Um, you know, our little brand grew from a 10 by 10 booth to three showrooms over the span of just a few years. Uh, you know, fast forward um to 2012 you know we we made it through the housing crisis and we were doing really well but we really had different visions for the future of the company Mm -hmm. and at the time uh you know my uh husband now husband proposed and you know we wanted to have a family and i decided you know that my, my partner really wanted to commoditize that brand in a way that um i didn't see it I saw it losing its appeal to its intended market, and it and it did so over time. But it was a great time to just sort of step out of the industry. And um, you know, my husband and I we traveled, uh, we had kids, and uh, you know, I was I had the, the 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 intention of going back to something, but I really wanted to take time to figure out what that was. And this time, I wanted it to be my own direction. Okay, so doing it on your own without yeah, without a partner. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. it just. It, I mean, in theory, doing something with a friend sounds great, but mm-hmm. it doesn't always work out. <laughs> it gets a little messy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So then, what year did you end your previous business, and then um, when did you start your new? So business? I, 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 two thousand thirteen was when I I walked away from the industry. Okay. We got married. That was ten years ago this year. And got married, and uh, you know, my husband and I, we traveled, and you know, we thought it was going to take us. You know, we wanted to have kids, but we were told it might take us three or five years, and it happened out of the gate. So suddenly, I found myself with twin girls, and um, you know, so I knew I would, I would kind of go back into it. Um, You know, but what happened is, I as soon as my girls were born, knew what direction I was going to go into. It was just a matter of when. And, you know, it was soon as I started buying their clothes. Um, I saw a huge void in the marketplace. Um, And it didn't matter if I shopped Neiman's or Target. You know, their kids' clothes were awful. And it really bothered me that they they often over-sexualized toddler girls. And I just, you know, I wanted to know what happened to luxury cotton. Because when I think of classic preppy, I think of cotton. And, um, you know, all the brands went synthetic. And, you know, I know they do this for price. And anyone in the textile industry knows that nothing works when it comes to the vibrancy of colors like cotton. Um, so I sort of knew I was onto something. And, I, be- you know, I became obsessed with my daughter's appearance and found it easier just to have their clothes made. Um, you know, in these classic preppy styles. And, uh, you know, my husband still talks about, 
uh, you know, we'd walk into church and we'd hear these sort of audible gasps uh, from the, the women and uh, uh, they would flock to the girls and it was always about what they were wearing. And, uh, you know, he, he griped about the money for a while, but we noticed that our girls developed so well socially as a result of the attention and their, their self-esteem was high is unlike many of their peers. And, you know, it just goes to show you that how we present ourselves really makes a difference, even at that age. Um, so, you know, our girls, when they were three, we relocated to Miami and we placed them, uh, in Fisher Island day school. And I became a part of the school moms group. So the moms chat became the mostly moms chat. And anyone that knows Fisher Island understands, you know, it's the richest zip code in the U S and it has more than its share of socialites. Um, you know, it was a short period of time that I developed a lot of friendships on the Island and, it was always sharing information about, you know, a seamstress or fabric I'd use to make for the girls. And I found that I wasn't the only one struggling to find decent apparel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of my mom friends just encouraged me, like, James, you're already doing this. You're already making it. This is what you should do. And so um, a, year, a year and a half ago, I you know, my husband begrudgingly let me get on a plane to India (laughs) in the middle of Omicron. Oh my gosh. (laughs) um, You know, I had years of storyboards uh, where my girls would sleep. I would build storyboards. Uh, You know, I walk around with a Pantone reader and would scan a flower or a wall or something where there was color inspiration. And um, I also followed a lot of Artist. I don't consider myself a designer. I consider myself more of a developer. Mm. And so I, I followed a lot of these um, surface designers and I just pulled together this, this product line. And it took me about, uh, you know, from start to finish about a year to, to, to get it, get it made and get it in. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it's, it, it, it's been amazing. It's been a, it's it, it's so fulfilling, um, and I feel like I've found my passion. I found my niche, and um, you know, I'm excited because we're we're expanding now into baby. I have a hundred baby skews coming later in the year, oh. and yeah, I mean, it, and 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 the thing about you know the the brand Cavallo Couture is that I really want to stress is I named it after you know. I wasn't a Cavarlo until I got married to my husband. Mm-hmm. And so the name really means so much to me because it represents the family that he and I built. And so, and inspired by our daughters. So for me, it's just, um, you know, it's so personal. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really become my baby and, you know, we sort of thought this was going to, my husband kind of, you know, oh, you'll get tired of it in six months and you want to do something else. But <laughs> he, he sees now that I'm in for the long run. Yeah. I love that story. So 
and you started originally just with uh, little girls clothing them, but now you have women's too, and it sounds like you have um, baby on the way. Yeah, too. baby Is that on the way. Correct? I did some coordinating women's things, and I will continue with that. But I, okay. my baby and and kids clothes clothing, I'm really you know I'll go expansive in that area, and then do what because I think the, I don't really see myself as high fashion, mm-hmm. and for me, women in high fashion are sort of you know, it's, it's sort of a different lead. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I, but I, there is a need because sometimes the women, they don't want the matching dress, but they want a coordinating outfit. Yes. And yeah. so it's easy to add on a top that you can wear with a skirt or jeans or a cover up. Or, and, you know, my, my line is right, right now is specific to resort wear and I'm branching out of resort wear, but, uh, it, um, you know, there are things that the moms would wear, you know, we'd, we'd be at Disney would be at, you know, the four seasons and the moms would be wearing them, you know, coordinating with their daughters and be wearing my clothes. And that's sort of how I, you know, got onto this. I love that. So for someone listening who might not be familiar with your brand, how would you describe it? Like what, what are the size ranges to um, tell everyone listening, you know, about the brand so they can go check it out too. It's really a bold print based lifestyle brand. You know, think preppy chic meets globe trotting, um, you know, Southern sensibility with global influences um, you know, I, I like to combine classic styles with colorful, modern prints. Um, I, you know, it has to be like optimistic, bright, sort of unexpected. Um, and I really love to mix those, those colors. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it's sort of, I guess, how you could sort of describe it. <laughs> And then what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you, um, like what about the size ranges oh, too for so I started, kids and women? For, start, for starters, I started with uh, women's. I started for like a small zero two to an extra large uh, to 12, 14. Uh, for the kids, I started at a, um, a size two to um, a size 10. Because I think after 10 years old, they, they sort of go through a, you know, that, that tween, they started in that tween. So, I, you know, I didn't really expand that. Yeah. But with the new baby line, um, there was a huge demand at the market for me to go into extra small sizes for the moms and, you know, up to triple extra large. So we are expanding the size range uh, starting in July. And... Uh, and, and we're doing that for a while as kids because we're going to start at um, three to six months up to 10, 12. And so I will carry oh, I that. the same dress for the baby up to the 10, 12. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, another reason to do that, you know, I found because when my girls, you know, I buy this cute um I would find this, you know, cute sort of baby dress and I would find that over time that dress would turn into a top (laughs) and, you know, with leggings and, you know, we're doing a lot of that things that, that the kids can use down the road. Mm -hmm. I think that's so smart. So you talked about 
you know, that your prints are bright and colorful and um, happy. So where do you find inspiration for those? Like, talk to me a little bit about your design process and inspiration. So I, um, wow, it just comes from so many different areas. I have literally ridden down the street, looked at a billboard, saw a color, had my husband pull over so I could snap a picture. And, you know, I have to find this color in the Pantone book. Um, you know, I'm attracted to, uh, you know, the, to bright, peppy, preppy prints, uh, you know, koi fish, um, flamingos, geometrics, uh, just beautiful, classic Greek key, those types of things I've always been attracted to. Now, again, I don't consider myself a designer, so I always end up going back to the designers that I know and put my product development hat on and say, hey, you know, I love koi fish and here are the colors I'm working with. Um, and I'd, I'd like to kind of interject one of the things here because what I want to do, and we're going to do be a part of the marketing uh, with Kavala Couture this year, is I, I believe in being transparent. And I don't want to be one of those companies that pretends that I design everything. Because we all know that's really not the way it goes. There's a, there's a product development room. There are a couple of designers, you know, it's pulled together. It might be stuck under the, the brand name. Um, and yeah. People think of that brand, that person as the designer. <clears throat> I found when I launched this company through various uh, channels, I found these incredible designers all over the world. And... Mm. I've decided, and on most of these, you know, 99% of them are women. And, you know, they're, they're, one story I'll share with you is there was there was a Ukrainian, you know, before the war. Uh-huh. And she created three of my prints that, that I have this year. And we did it by collaborating through the, you know, through the computer, <laughs> you know, me sending her colors and sketches. And then she pulled it all together. And her stuff's beautiful. And I, what I want to do is just to be transparent, highlight these books. Because oftentimes they're sort of in the background and they really get nothing. And it benefits, you know, if I use her and she does this amazing design for me and I sell through, I owe her this recognition. Um, Of course, she's getting paid. But, you know, I, I feel like there's a story and I would like to promote this designer and, you know, because I'll probably move on to another designer or I, or I have, you know, I use several and I'd like to promote mm-hmm. them. I, th- I think it's just the right thing to do. I love that. It's so different. And like you said, it it's going on with a lot of brands. They just aren't, you know recognizing it or putting it out there and marketing it. So I think it's a unique marketing tactic um, that I think a lot of people will appreciate. Yeah. And it creates content for me while at the same time promoting this designer and telling their story. You know, she was fortunate enough to relocate to France and I'm still working with her, but there's a huge story there that, you know, and we're excited to to start working on that. Um, Yeah, of course. So also speaking about marketing then, how else have you like gotten the word out? What's been your best form of marketing? Obviously, no, really well. I came from, <laughs> you know, if you understand, when I walked out of the industry, there was no Instagram. 
Yeah. So I will admit, I am 54, walking back into this uh, industry, and I know nothing about everything I know, knew about marketing is completely changed. Everything I knew about the industry, in fact, has completely changed. Mm-hmm. So it's been a learning curve for me, but I'll, I will say that that in the Instagram has really brought it in. And, yeah. uh, you know, I have to, but I have to be a little more diligent. I haven't been diligent with that. <laughs> well, I think even going to America's Mart and those sorts of yeah. um, shows, that's a form of marketing too. Yeah. Like, it, of course it's for sales, but it also is a great way to get the word out. I found. Yeah. And I tell you, I paid for their ads and I was amazed. Uh, I was actually, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'll do this one time. It's not ever going to, it's not going to pay off. And people would walk in with that ad and I was shocked. So I just didn't think people did print ads anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what would you say is your greatest challenge right now? Is it sort of that marketing aspect and how everything sort of changed since you've last been in the industry? Yeah, it it has been. It has been, uh, you know, a lot of it has changed. You know, the world has flipped since then. The Internet's different. Uh, boutiques are buying differently. Um, you know, they're buying through different avenues. Um, and you know what? I walked into this thinking, hey, I'll put a store out on Amazon. And I learned very quickly to take that thing down. No one wants to, you know, a, a boutique doesn't want to carry the same product that a consumer can buy on Amazon. You know, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, that was, it didn't take me long to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little bit of trial and error still, right? It is. It is. Um, now, on the flip side to that, then, what would you say has been like something you're really excited about or what's been the best part about it so far? The best part? Um, wow. You know, um, I, I had... Uh, <laughs> pictures of sent to me of from like Hamptons magazine or, you know, some magazines, uh, one of the moms will be, uh, you know, my mom friends will be away and see a picture, uh, just a random picture and someone will have one of my garments on, Mm. uh, you know, you, you just get all choked up. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I think that has been, for me, the, the, just the, the greatest thing um, is to kind of see it sort of in, in, um, in these circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that, I think that's been the greatest thing for me. Um, I love that. That's what a lot of people say. It's like seeing it in the wild and, you know, it's one thing to create something, but then to see it out there and people, you know, actually using it in their everyday life is amazing. Yeah, yeah. What's a goal that you have, like, for the future, would you say? You know, is there somewhere, some story you hope to be in or is there someone you hope to collaborate with or, like, how you hope to grow? What's something that, you know, you're you're kind of working towards? Um, so, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a great space right now. I feel like in terms of the way I can present my brand, um, you know, you know, my husband, he's this, uh, he's, he's a prominent banker and, you know, he sort of got me in this position to, you know, uh, 
where I'm able to go to a lot of events that, you know, I, growing up, I wasn't able to be, you know, to, to be a part of. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I get inv invited to a lot of, <laughs> you know, the, the, the socialites, um, hot galas in New York and Miami. And, you know, I'm introduced as James Cavarlo with Cavarlo Couture. And I'm amazed at the number of doors that get open for me and the exposure that I get. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just been so fulfilling. And so I just want to continue to grow the brand. And having said that, um, I, I, I want it to remain a one-man show. Mm -hmm. uh, I want it to keep it sort of elite and and uh exclusive to you know a lot of the boutiques and i'm not i, I never want to go back down the mass road again <laughs> okay <laughs> that's fair make it you know authentic and organic yeah 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 so one of my favorite questions to ask everyone is who would a dream customer be for you? Like a celebrity or royal or an influencer, or even it could be someone that's no longer with us, but, you know, is iconic and you think just defines your brand. <sighs> okay. I know this sounds really cheesy, but my daughter-in-law is absolutely my ideal customer. Oh. Um, you know, she represents a younger generation of well-educated, career-minded women. And, you know, young women who will become, you know, soon become mothers. And that's really my target audience. Um, I sort of, I, I'd like to see a return to sort of classic apparel. Mm. And I, I, to me, that's just ideal. Um, I, I really, you know, I thought about this. I kind of, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I know I thought about this and I just, that's really all I could come up with. <laughs> no, that's great. I think that's a perfect answer. And I love, you know, what you said about coming back to classic apparel. I feel like, you know, there's so many people out there, even my age, who are wearing crop tops. And not that I think there's a certain person that can wear a crop top, but I do appreciate like, you know, nicer made quality pieces yes. and not always chasing the next trend necessarily. Exactly. Um, you know, so, some of the, um, I, I would admit some of the silhouettes that I'm selling right now, I will continue to sell the silhouettes just in different prints and colors. Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, I have this, one of my best selling product actually is it's called the Cheney ruffle top, by the way, Cheney is my, my, my one of my daughter's names. Um, oh. and it was a top that I had made for them when they were younger that it was sort of, I talked about a top that, a dress that, baby dress that became a top. Mm -hmm. And that thing sells out and I keep yeah. flying them in. So, um, yeah, it'll remain in the line forever. It just because I think, um, and you know, if you look at a lot of the classic brands out there, the ones who've truly made it, and it, the beauty behind children's wear is your audience changes every three to five years. So yeah. it doesn't matter that you repeat the silhouette. Mm -hmm. I've, I've even seen, and I'll just say the name. I mean, uh, you know, look at like a Janie and Jack. Mm -hmm. They repeat the silhouettes. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I follow fashion. But a lot of the moms who go and shop there, they don't know that that was made three years ago. Yeah. Um, so I sort of, I think that's actually a brilliant idea. 
Yeah, that's a, a great point for sure. I feel like, you know, most people uh, shy away from children's wear a lot of times because they think it's, you know, kids grow out of things so quickly. But you're right, you have a new turnover of customers pretty quickly, yeah. which can benefit you, though, because you can have those classic silhouettes. Yeah. And look, when it comes to the price, it's always the grandmother that's buying it if it's adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's not flinching <laughs> on the price. And, you know, that, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, when it comes to, uh, I think the biggest lesson I've learned um, in this whole process is pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did, a, uh, I did a soft launch prior to the January market. Uh, at a very small kids show here in South Florida. And I was approached by a prominent West Palm Beach retailer. I mean, someone who's been in the business for, you know, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And this woman pulled me aside and gave me some sage advice. <clears throat> um, she looked at me and said, you know, know your value or you won't make it. And she told me, you're offering top-end elite awesomeness, but you're doing it so at insanely cheap prices. Mm. You'll never get the reputation you deserve. Yeah. Think about your value and reassess your pricing and come back to me. <laughs> yep. And, you know, she... Told me, you know, the people you don't want will walk away, but then you'll start become known as the place to go to for top end elite and awesome Corvallo Couture. And I came home and I sat down and I thought, you know, I I went back to my roots of, you know, coming up with a retail and sort of working backwards. But what I didn't do is this time I refused to adjust the product to take away this stitch or to you do everything. So, you know, I, my, my costs were the same. I just tried to work really tight and I, and I thought, what am I doing? I'm not even like, think about my time, my value. And it was so funny. Um, I reassessed my pricing, took it to the January market. And the funny thing is the biggest comment was, wow, your prices are great. (laughs) So um, yeah, it was it was a huge lesson for me. Um, yeah, that's great advice. It's funny because I just had this conversation with someone a few days ago um, who does women's hiring clothing, and she said the same thing. She said, "I when I first started, I underpriced myself so much." And someone told me, "Wouldn't you rather like have ten people buy your dress for a thousand dollars versus fifty for two hundred? Like, yeah. it, so think strategically about that." Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it was a hard lesson. It wasn't a hard lesson, but it was just a, you know, it was, wow. It was, it was that aha moment. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, we have to remember, you know, and I think about when I go shopping, uh, you know, if I'm in Neiman Marcus and something has a target price, I want to know what's wrong with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So another question that I always ask everyone on here, because this is the Preppy Podcast, is what does Preppy mean to you? How would you describe it? You know, I think it goes back to, I'm an 80s kid, mm-hmm. and I remember when it represented uh, an extremely elite class, but I remember the look was beautiful. It was clean. It was classic. Mm-hmm. It was 
elegant. Um, you know, the men were well put together. The women were lovely. And on I think preppy, that's what I think. Um, you know, classic geometrics, uh, classic nautical looks. Um, I think about all that, and I and you know, we really, I you know, the brands have 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 abandoned that look. Mm-hmm. And so I like that answer, the elegance part. Yeah, they're, they're just so elegant. I think about that. You know, I think about. In the 80s, and you know, the women would have these these beautiful. It might it might even be a denim dress that would have this high collar, and it was just it was so well put together. And it's something that I don't care how skinny you are, how fat you are, you can really look great. <laughs> yeah, if it's put together well. Exactly. No, I love that. The the put together, I think that elevates any look. Mm-hmm. So we talked about um, your best-selling top, but I'm curious, like, what's your favorite piece that you design? Like, if someone listening, what would you say, you know, you really should check out this from my website? Um, actually, my favorite piece is is very simple. It's a um, – there, there are two pieces, actually – they're they're both in Greek key. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called the Yulia dress, Y U L I I A, and uh, it has a very high collar. You know, I, I, I in the description I say, you know, like Marvin Gaye said, "Ain't no collar high enough," and it <laughs> it sort of it elevates around the neck and it has this tie in the back. But the beauty behind it is you can turn it around and wear the tie in the front as a bow. So it's reversible. Oh. I developed it as originally it was, you know, as sort of a cover up. And then I was, you know, this is, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a dress. It's a hundred percent cotton. And so it can be either a cover up or you can throw it with heels and wear it out in the evening. Mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite piece. It comes in a, uh, my favorite color combination ever, pink and orange. Um, and it also comes in pink and green. Oh, I love that. I'll have to check this one out. Yeah. I, think I, I remember seeing it at market, yeah. but I definitely have to go back on your website. <laughs> and uh, and then also uh, my, my I call them the cabana, uh, the short sleeve or the sleeveless cabana cover tops. I did that in the, the, the pink and green and as well. And it, it's my overall favorite. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful piece. I love them. They can be worn as a dress or they can, you know, they can, I've seen them worn with, um, with white capri pants and heels, uh, you know, and, and that, that I think is the beauty behind it is because when you have a good classic piece, you can dress it up, dress it down. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a few little quick answer, get to know you questions. Uh The first is, where's your favorite vacation destination? Uh, Provincetown, uh, Massachusetts, the very tip of Cape Cod, for those who don't know. Uh Uh, My husband and I were married there. Uh, In fact, we're we're, uh, recommitting this summer with our family there for our 10-year anniversary. It's, uh, you know, it's Cape Cod. it's, It's classic Cape Cod. Um, it's just serene and beautiful, um, lovely beach. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's sort of, 
that whole area for me is just magical. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful and very preppy. <laughs> very preppy. I, I should be doing very well in that area. <laughs> <laughs> what about your go-to drink order? If we're going out on the town and I'm going to stay up, uh, Papa's going to get a dirty vodka martini. Oh. Yeah. But if we're winding down, it's Pinot Noir. <laughs> yes. I do love my Pinot Noir. <laughs> now, what's next for you? Like any sneak peeks or something you're working on that you can share? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the baby line, um, mm-hmm. I will tell you this. It's a zebra print like you've never seen. I'm telling you, it's called Zebra Crossing. Actually, there's a sneak peek of that on the on Instagram now. If you go back, you'll see that I, I just snapped some photos in uh, my guest room because when the, the, the samples came in, I screamed. They were so adorable. Um, so, you know, we have that coming. Women's pants. Uh and finally, men's pants. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, the, the I wear these bright, colorful pants and I just was like, wait a minute. Oh, you know, this is who I am. Yeah. I, why am I, you know, I, I would wear this. And I look at a print sometime and I'm like, I would totally wear this. I had so many people come up to me at the market. Do you have the men's pants? Do you have the men's pants? Mm. So that's, now that's going to be latter part of the year, but okay, yeah. But still down the pipeline. still down the pipeline. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So my final question is where can people find you? For those listening, let them know your social media handles and your website. That way they can follow along and shop your wonderful pieces. Um, So it's, um, you know, you can follow me on Instagram at Carvalho Couture. Um, uh, and the, the website is kobalocouture.com. Um, the products are just now hitting coastal boutique stores, you know, Naples, uh, Savannah, Miami, th- you know, anywhere. Th- think Southern coastal preppy. <laughs> I mean, they're hitting, uh, you know, we have a, a, a over a hundred boutiques that they're hitting right now. Oh, wonderful. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. I love learning more about you, James, and your brand. Thank you. Um, And I can't wait to see what the future holds. All right. We'll see you at market. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 